Welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm Kendra Swalls, a former teacher turned entrepreneur and mom of two. As women, we are so much more than just one thing. We're wives, moms, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, and dreamers with goals and ambition. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from juggling family, work, and fun to making your dreams a reality through simple, effective marketing strategies, all designed specifically for the busy mom who doesn't have a lot of extra time. So whether you're just getting started or already have an established business, there's something here for you. If you're ready to take on the challenge of becoming your own boss and making your dreams a reality, then let's get started because this girl means business. Hey friend, and welcome to episode 221 of the Girl Means Business podcast. Today is a guest interview podcast episode. I really, really enjoy these. I know in this last year or so, I have kind of changed things up. I'm sharing more shorter content, shorter episodes with more value, but I still love bringing to you these incredible other women who are doing amazing things. And I'm a big believer in the fact that like, I don't have all the answers. And sometimes I just want to have somebody else share their perspective, their insights, their thoughts, all the things. And today I'm super excited. We have Comedy Wood. She is an expert when it comes to mindset, essentially, like limiting beliefs and the things that we tell ourselves that aren't always true, but we talk ourselves into believing that they're true and how to get out of that so that we can focus on seeing success in our lives and in our business. One of the things we discussed in this interview that I really got excited about because it's something I know I have struggled with a lot personally and professionally is people pleasing. And this idea that we need to be everything to everyone and that we don't want to ruffle feathers and we don't want to like make anyone unhappy with us. And so she really goes into this idea of, you know, we are not in control of other people's opinions of us and we need to let that go. And once you do and you start really leaning into, okay, how am I serving myself and how am I serving others? And if it doesn't if other people don't see things the way we do, it's okay. And I know that that can't be resolved in just one podcast episode, but I really hope that you will take a listen to our conversation and listen to the things that she says, listen to the tips that she shares, because if you at all struggle with self-doubt, imposter syndrome, people-pleasing tendencies, then this is the interview episode for you. I cannot wait for you to meet Kamini. She's amazing, and we had a great conversation. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right, guys, welcome Kamini Wood to the Girl Means Business podcast. Hello there. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to chat today. So let's start really quickly. Introduce yourself to my audience. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. So I am Comedy Wood. I am based in North Carolina. I am a, well, let me just start with personally. I'm a mom. I'm a a mom of five. Uh, My oldest is turning 22 this year. And I have a 19-year-old, 17, 14, and 9-year-old who reminds me every day that she's almost 10. Um, (laughs) That's a big deal. 10's a big birthday. We just had that last year. I get it. It's a big deal. It's the The double double digits. digits. You're suddenly in the double digits. And she's entering her, she's going to enter her last year of elementary school, which is a huge deal too. Um, So that's actually the biggest, most important thing about me is that I am a mom. I mean, first and foremost, that's how I see myself. Um, 
Beyond that, though, professionally, I work with individuals on helping them really understand their own human potential and being able to work through where they might feel stuck or stagnant, what could be holding them back in their lives, whether it be on a personal basis or a professional basis. That's kind of how I spend my day every day is working with people one-on-one. I love that. First of all, mom of five, like that's insane. (laughs) It's a lot of things happening at one time. I only have two and most days I'm like, I, that's too much. It's too many people like going in different directions. I don't know how you keep up with all of it. Um, so did you start your business prior to having kids or when your kids were young? What, where was it in that process of like family versus your business? Business. Um, I actually started my business when my oldest was still in high school, but my youngest was still in diapers. (laughs) Um, so it was kind of in between, um, and truth be told, my business sort of, uh, came out of personal experiences that I was having at the time. Um, because my, my personal story and journey is, um, I I was always kind of an entrepreneur. I started in the dot-com industry and then I helped my husband start his law practice. So from that perspective, I've always kind of been building businesses, but then I went through my own self-transformation, realizing kind of where I was being held back by by my people-pleasing perfectionism. Basically, I started seeing my children emulate that and had my kind of catalyst moment of recognizing, oh gosh, that's coming from me. I'm going to need to do some work on this. (laughs) Did that work and realized that that personal experience along with what I had been doing professionally and recognizing that what I truly loved about the work that I did professionally was when I got to speak with people about what it is that they really wanted or where they saw themselves going. It was a perfect match of what I really wanted to do. So I kind of brought those two things together and created the business out of that. I love that. And I think it's interesting what you said about how you recognized what you had been doing in your kids. And Mm -hmm. that was like that mirror reflection moment. Cause I've had that multiple times where my oldest one who just turned 11, she for the most part is a very confident child about a lot of things, but mm-hmm. she has started getting to that point where she is starting to have those self doubts and like, she starts to feel a little bit less than at times. And I hear her saying things or mimicking things that she has seen me say mm-hmm. or do mm-hmm. in my own moments of self doubt. And I'm like, Oh, it's when your kids kind of come up and you're like, oh, you're a mini me. And maybe we could do things better in round two here with like the 2.0 version. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right. It's, yeah. it's recognizing. And I love your, what you just said. Yes, they mirror back to us. And it's that choice point where we get to kind of decide, do we want that to be or are we wanting to shift things around? Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so good. Okay. So let's get into this conversation around just there's two things that I kind of want to focus on. And that is the idea of limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. These are kind of, I think words that get sort of tossed around and people hear them and they're like, okay, limiting beliefs. Okay. Imposter syndrome. Okay. You know, but let's really dig into like what these things are and how they're impacting us, mm-hmm. whether we realize it or not. And then maybe some things we can do to help kind of break the cycle of that. So first of all, let's just go with imposter syndrome can you kind of define like what that is or what it might look like or how it manifests in people? Yeah. So with imposter syndrome, oftentimes we see it manifesting in either uh, elements of self-doubt or beliefs that, um, or even verbiage around uh, people are going to figure out that I'm a fake or a fraud. 
Uh, another way that it pops up is thinking that things happen, successes you may have had were just a fluke or just luck, that you either don't deserve them or you weren't smart enough. It was literally mere luck of, of the situation that you were able to achieve or accomplish what it was that you had set out to accomplish. Uh, so, Which really, when we think about it, all boils down to um, that idea of self-doubt, um, not truly coming to that place of self-acceptance, and then just negative thoughts, right? The, the negative thoughts about self, the negative thoughts about a situation, those all contribute to uh, what we refer to as imposter syndrome, which to your point is is a great one. I think it is verbiage that's tossed around a lot, but people don't really understand what's meant by that. Um, And it can take these different forms. It can take the, I'm a fake and a fraud, or it can just simply say, it can take the form of, I'm not good enough to do this thing. Yeah. And I think that that is a really, like, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Like, it's widespread. Like, I think if you ask 100% of entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. if they've ever felt imposter syndrome, if they say they haven't, then I think they're lying to you for one. And two, (laughs) I think that, you know, or maybe they're just one of those like overly, you know, I don't want to say cocky, but kind of cocky <laughs> people. So here's like the question that I have. So for me, and I'm just going to like go personal on this one, and then we can kind of broaden out from there. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I struggle with when it comes to the idea of confidence, imposter syndrome, this feeling of like, oh, I'm not good enough or who am I to be doing these things? Mm-hmm. Um it also kind of is the this push and pull of I want to feel confident because I do know that I have the skills. I know that I have the knowledge. I know that I have all these things in place, but I don't want to come across as one of these people who is like overly confident. So there's this kind of push and pull of like, well, I don't want to be conceited. I don't want to sound like I'm bragging all the time. I don't want to like make it people think that I feel like I'm the end all be all, but at the same time, like I want to feel more that way in my own self. So how do you, or what do you recommend for someone who's like having that kind of push and pull in their brain of, I want to feel these this way, but I don't want to go so far that I become obnoxious to people. Totally. Um, and a couple things come up with that. One is it's recognizing that we don't control other people's perceptions of us. And that's part of the, the, the issue that we face when we are kind of wanting to balance that is this idea that we have to be responsible for how somebody receives us. And the truth really comes down to how are you receiving yourself and what do you think about yourself? Because at the end of the day, we have no control over it. So you could walk that line as as close to it as possible and really try your level best to not be conceited and you and and somebody could still perceive you as conceited. And so it's almost like you're putting in all this energy and effort into something that is completely outside of your control, which then keeps you playing smaller, right? So it's it's kind of the antithesis to what you're trying to accomplish. Um, because that line between arrogance and humility, humility is so thin. I used to say that to my kids all the time, especially because they're so competitive with sports. It's like, hey, guys, the line between arrogance and humility, very thin. Um, but having said that, what we can control is how we talk to ourselves and how we think. And so that's really what it comes down to is what is that that you're saying to yourself and what is it that you actually believe about yourself? Because again, even if you try your level best to not be considered arrogant, somebody could still think that you're being arrogant and it doesn't mean that you are. It just means in their reality you are, but that doesn't, that, that doesn't define who you are. The only person who gets to define that is you. I love that. It's 
one of those things that I'm cons- like constantly trying to work on is the idea of other people's opinions of me are none of my business. Mm-hmm. And I yep. love what you said about a big part of this is that we feel like that we have to be in control how, of how other people receive us. Mm-hmm. And that is not our job. Our job mm-hmm. is not to do crowd control on like, well, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? Mm-hmm. It's just to put ourselves out there and give people what we know we are, we can provide and then how they perceive it or how they, they take it. Most of the time it's more to do with what they're going through or their mindset than our own. Yes. A hundred percent. Putting out there. Yeah. A hundred percent. I know this even for me personally, I know that if I have an adverse reaction to somebody, I've learned to actually slow down and go, like, okay, what's going on for me here? Yeah. Because it is about me. It's not about them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's one of the things I've really worked on a lot too, is like recognizing my own thought patterns in my own, like, okay, why do I feel this way about somebody? And I'll give a perfect example of like, um, Amy Porterfield. So I love Amy Porterfield. I think she's Mm -hmm. a great course creator, instructor, all the things. And one of the reasons I was originally drawn to her and this is, I mean, I'm just totally being like, pull back the curtain. I'm going to share all the things right now. One of the reasons I was really drawn to her was because she was not this like stick thin, perfect 22 year old putting herself out on the internet. Mm -hmm. She was a real person who struggled with her, you know, showing up online and feeling confident in front of the camera and, you know, her weight and all that kind of stuff. And I could really relate to that. And it made me feel better to think like, okay, if she can do it, I can do it too. And then several years ago, she went on this health journey and she got really healthy and she lost a bunch of weight and she looks amazing. And she, has all, you know, she's talked about how it's impacted her personally, just her confidence and her ability to like show up in her business and in her marriage and her relationships and all the things. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, there was a part of me that was kind of like, oh, disappointed in that. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, why am I disappointed in somebody taking care of themselves? Mm-hmm. But selfishly, I was like, no, I wanted her to keep playing small because it made me feel safe playing small as well. And when you can see that like, oh, I'm doing that, it's nothing against her personally. It's just my own insecurities kind of coming out and how I'm feeling about her. Then that can help you kind of break that idea of like, well, it's not my job to make sure everybody feels comfortable with the decisions I'm making as well. Right. I love that. And I love what you just said, because I think it, it really does demonstrate exactly what we're talking about. It's, it is and, and twofold. One, I love what you brought up in terms of I, I resonated with her because that's a great way of showing how comparison can actually be helpful and not always hurtful. Because what I just heard there was a comparison that allowed you to realize that you can do that too. Yeah. Um, but then also what you just demonstrated in terms of how when something happens and we have a, a reaction to it and it's not maybe not a great one. It's like, oh, what's happening here for me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and when you think about it on the other side of the the line there is like, she doesn't care what I think about her. Like mm-hmm. I, she doesn't know me, first of all, but like she doesn't care that I have this opinion about her. Even if I were to voice that opinion, it's not her job to regulate how I feel about somebody Yes. And their appearance or their health or whatever. Exactly. It's not. And I don't exactly. expect her to take that on. So yep. why am I putting that that same pressure on myself to be like, well, but I want this stranger on the internet to be happy with me. <laughs> like, yes. That's yes. not our job. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, and as a mom, that's one thing that I think I've learned too, is that, 
you're not always going to have your kids approval, you know, and you learn to deal with it. It's kind of taking, taking that and extrapolating it and saying, and I'm going to apply this to all the strangers out there too. I don't need them to agree with me. I don't need them to even, you know, think that I'm like the best person in the world. I just need to be comfortable and recognize that how I'm showing up is in alignment with myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that so much. And I was writing down like some of the things that you'd say. Cause I was like, I want to remember these like little quotes so I can remind myself on a regular basis. Like, yeah, we need to let go of that control that we think that we have because we don't have it anyway. So just let mm-hmm. go of that. And it feels really freeing to kind of be like, oh, I don't have to take on the weight of all these other people's opinions. I can let that weight go. And then let's just see how far this takes me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We release that weight and it's like, whew, I can yes. move. <laughs> yes, I know. It feels really good. So the other thing I wanted to touch on with the imposter syndrome was you talked about the idea of, you know, oh, they're going to figure out that I'm a fraud. They're going to figure out mm-hmm. that like, I don't really know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So can we talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that aspect of imposter syndrome and like yeah. what we can do to kind of manage that feeling? Yeah. So I think I've seen it. Well, I know that I've seen this with entrepreneurs have started to build their business and they start having some of that success and they will start to either doubt that, okay, that was just a fluke. That was luck. Or people are going to figure out that I am a fraud and then they're going to, they're going to stop utilizing my, my services or what have you. And really what that is, is that's that limiting belief maybe of, I don't deserve what I have, or I'm not smart enough. And so the way that we manage it, it's not about pushing it away. I'm looking for, it's not about getting rid of things because I mean, they're parts of us with these thoughts, however we show up, it's part, it's a part of us and self-acceptance is saying, I accept all parts of myself. So I'm an advocate of not saying we push it away or get rid of it. It's just, oh, I'm noticing the thought that I'm a a fraud or that people are going to figure me out as a fraud. And then you really ask yourself the question of, well, what's actually true and how have I been showing up in my business, for instance, and recognize like, no, I've actually done this, 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 and this. I've done the work. I've actually shown up and wholeheartedly given myself to this thing that I've been working on. And so once again, it's trying to control somebody's perception. If they think I'm a fake or a fraud, it's just their own thoughts. It doesn't make it true. Yeah. One of the things that I started doing that kind of helped me with this was I created like a little folder just on my desktop and I put in things and coming from like the photography world, it's a little bit easier because it's sometimes it's more visual. And so I can actually put like, like visual artifacts sort of. So what I'm doing is I'm creating a folder on my desktop of little things that have shown my journey throughout time. So like I will put like a picture I took, like a photo I took from one of my very first photo shoots, which is so terrible, (laughs) like so awful. And then in the same thing, I'll put in one of like one that I'm really, really proud of. And Mm -hmm. so that I can see like, oh no, I started from here and I went to here and I have that experience to share with somebody. Or I'll put in things like, um, you know, clip, like I'll screenshot like clippings of like a, an article that was written about me by somebody or a podcast mm-hmm. episode that I was on that I'm really proud of, or the time that I had like a photo on the cover of a local magazine and things mm-hmm. like that so that I can go back and remind myself like, oh no, I've earned the mm-hmm. ability to teach on these things or do this thing because I have this experience and I've done X, Y, and Z. Cause it's really easy, I think to get for me anyway, I get so caught up in where I am now and where I want to be 
that mm-hmm. I forget to look at where I've been and exactly. how far I've come. Yes. A lot of times I will suggest to people to maybe even keep a success journal because again, that's a great way to reflect on. And again, it's not just what did I achieve and what did I do, but also who was I and how did I show up to account for those things occurring? Because then when we are having those moments of I'm a fake or a fraud or people are going to find me out, we can pull that success journal up and read. And exactly what you just said, we're reading this evolution of how we've gotten to where we are today. And it's just a real time reflection of I'm exactly where I am because of how I showed up and who I am. And, and yes, the things that I've done along the way. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. So what about this idea that, because with social media, I see this Mm -hmm. happening more and more, is that it's really easy to pick up our phone and go on Instagram or go on Facebook and see all these people that are in our minds kind of further along than we are and Mm -hmm. to go like, oh, but I'm not, I'm not them. Like I, um, you know, I don't have this, I'm not comfortable in front of the camera like they are, or I don't Mm -hmm. have this eloquent speaking voice that they have, or I don't have whatever it is that you feel like has been their key to success and you feel like you don't have that. So how do we still consume from people and look up to people that we admire and that we respect in our industry or other industries that have paved the way without Mm -hmm. it allowing or without it creating this idea of I'm not good enough feeling? That is such a great question. And, and, it is. It's so true that that's what we do. I mean, I know that even when I do that all the time, I pick up and I'd scroll and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the, I'm never going to get there because look at this person who's able to do this. I don't have all of these attributes. So a couple things and a couple thoughts on this. Um, first of all, comparison, it leans into the natural law of relativity, right? We are always comparing. So a great example is in the morning when we get up, we're comparing, should we stay a bit in bed or should we get up? right? Like that's just a small scale comparison, but it happens from like the moment we wake up in the morning. So it's not about getting rid of comparison because it's just hers naturally in life. Um, instead it's asking that question, how is this affecting me? When we start noticing the comparison, first of all, how is this affecting me or what thoughts are coming out of this? Because now we're naming what it either is causing uh, causing us to feel or what it's causing us to think. And as we name and notice it, 
we can then slow ourselves. What can I take away from this that could be helpful rather than hurtful, right? So we're actually shifting. It's like, so for instance, scrolling and saying, oh my gosh, they have this amazing voice. I'm never going to have this voice. It's noticing that this is negatively affecting me in the sense that I'm comparing my voice quality to their voice quality. Then we can slow down and reflect on, well, what attributes do I have that I'm really actually proud of, for instance, or what how can I show up that would be aligned with me and my values? So we're, we're shifting it in that moment. The other thing um, to keep in mind too, of course, is that we're each in a different, we're writing totally different stories. So even if somebody's in our industry, they're not writing the same story that we are. We are writing a weird story. So it's also noticing that we're comparing ourselves to somebody else's story and a totally j- different chapter than where we are in our own story. So it's coming back to, okay, I see what they're doing. This is, this is happening for them. They're really great at that. And if it's something that we aspire to, what actions might I want to take to work on that quality? It doesn't mean I'm not good enough. It means, okay, I'm not there yet. So how, how might I want to grow in that, that aspect? Because at the end of the day, it may not, it may be that we decide that I don't really need that voice because I don't want to do speaking engagements. I don't want to, to do that. Maybe that works really well for them, but that's not how I want to build my business, for instance. And a lot of times we're comparing ourselves to somebody and we're saying, oh, they're great at this thing, but we haven't even asked ourselves, do I even really want to do that? Is that something that I that's actually want, want yeah. to, to do and, and engage in? Um, this happened for me a lot because people, lives used to be like a really big thing, doing Facebook lives. And I used to compare myself all the time. And then I finally said, you know, comedy, you don't even want to do Facebook lives. Like, why is this a thing for you? And now I see people going live all the time and it doesn't trigger me at all because I realize it's not even something I want to do. So why waste my energy comparing myself to them? Like great for that. They're able to do it and they're amazing at it. And that's wonderful, but it's not something I truly love to do. Yeah, that's such a great point because I do think that we feel like we have to do all the things that we see other people doing and we forget to ask ourselves that question of, is that even something that I really want to do or that will benefit my business? Because not everything Mm -hmm. is going to benefit your business or is going to be what your audience needs from you. And so the lives is a perfect example because I, same thing, I used to see people all the time going live on Instagram and I was always like, well, do I need to be doing that too? But I was like, I, I, I don't have the time and I don't like, I don't like going live and I don't think my audience, they don't have the time. They're busy with kids and businesses and all the things. They're not going to sit there on Instagram for 45 minutes and listen to me talk. Like they're going to listen to a podcast episode while they're working out when they have their 30 minutes of free time on their own time. They don't need it to be at the specific time every day or whatever. So yeah, I think that that's a really, really good point to make is that ask yourself, is this even something that I want or that I need in my business? Absolutely. That's amazing. Thank yeah. you. So I want to touch really quickly on the idea of limiting, limiting beliefs. Um, I think that one of the big ones is that we've already kind of touched on goes along with imposter syndrome of like, I'm not good enough or I'm mm-hmm. not capable of this thing. But are there any mm-hmm. limiting beliefs that maybe we aren't even aware are something that we kind of are, because I think we're all kind of aware of this idea. Most of us are of like, oh, I'm limiting myself or I'm holding myself back out of fear of, you know, whatever. But are there any that are maybe kind of the little more hidden ones that we have to uncover? Yeah. So some of the ones that kind of, that I've seen a lot in my practice um, that I'm not worthy, that's come up a lot. I'm undeserving. 
This one comes up a lot in, in terms of relationship, deserving of love, for instance. Um, in professional atmospheres, it's I'm not deserving of maybe the success in my business. I'm not deserving of the promotion if we're if somebody's working at a company. Um, I'm not smart enough. That one comes up a lot too. Um, the I'm not enough is kind of the the almost like the catch-all, um, or I'm not good enough. But those are the ones that tend to be lurking in the background. And let's keep in mind too that these limiting beliefs, I call them false beliefs because um, they are beliefs that we've acquired over time that are not actually true, but they were assimilated either through some, for some people, a trauma that they've had, but for others, it's not a big T trauma. It's just, I refer to it as little T traumas where it's just experiences or messages that they've received that were, that created and assimilated into these belief systems. So for example, for me being the, you know, brown girl in a very predominantly white town growing up, um, that I'm not, I'm different and I don't belong. So that's another limiting belief or false belief. I don't belong then transmuted into, um, in order to prove that I am good enough and I'm worthy because I am different and don't belong, I need to ensure that everybody around me likes me. Well, how do I do that? Again, this is a five to six-year-old brain trying to figure this out. Uh, that's where the people-pleasing came from, right? Let me let me make sure everybody else is happy. And so again, not a big T trauma, but just messages and experiences I received as this five, six-year-old girl in, you know, kind of brought the, internalized them, created a meaning out of it, and then in turn, it created this belief that one, I don't belong and I'm too different to belong. And the way that I deal with that is I um, need to prove my worthiness. Like I'm not worthy on my own as I stand. So those were the two beliefs that kind of were going hand in hand that created the behaviors and behavior patterns of people pleasing. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like I think, and I think we all have those things. We forget that like, this is not just like a oh, I just happened into this in my adulthood. Like these are all things that come from childhood and youth and growing up. And when you're talking like, I've had that same thing where like, for me, it's the, I'm not enough on my own. Um, And it's come through like in multiple places in my life, but a lot of it kind of the same thing as you. It goes back to childhood of like, oh, I was part of this. I went to this private school where everybody was very wealthy. I was not. I was the Roy Gilmore on like scholarship, you know, who like came from a very low income house. And it was that feeling of constant like, oh, I'm not enough because I don't have these, these tangible Mm -hmm. things that they have. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that has carried on to into like even dating relationships. And the fact that like several of my dating relationships ended in them being with someone else and, you know, during while we were together. And Mm -hmm. these things have all built up over time to create this sense of like, I have to be different in order to be, or I have to assimilate to the people around me in order to be accepted. And the Mm -hmm. in, in business, you can't do that because if you're trying to reach a large audience of people, like you can't be everything to everyone And so those kinds of things, like it takes a lot of self-reflection, therapy, whatever. But I think that that's a key thing too. And you can tell me what your thoughts are on this, but like just listening to this podcast or even like it's good and it's helpful to recognize them. But I do think that you need to have someone like you to work with to say like, okay, now let's, you've recognized it. Let's figure out how to work through it. So what does that look like? What is it that you do to help people that is beyond just like what we've talked about today? 
Yeah. So it is, it's important to say awareness is the doorway to change. So that's exactly what we're talking about here, where it's once you become aware of it, now you've got this choice point. And as individual individual people to be really self-actualized, we have to recognize that we do have a choice. We do have a choice as to how we're going to show up and what we're going to do about it. And so once we have worked to figure out and, and really name what those limiting beliefs are, then we do a lot of work around your own value system, your own needs. And we bring those things together to really work on figuring out what's actually true about you versus where this limiting belief came from. So it's not about judging the past or saying, okay, it's that it's the fault of this, because that would just take us into victimhood. Instead, it's okay. This is what my experience was. This is how I internalized it. This is what I made it mean with this information. We go back to what's actually true. Also, what do I value? What do I need? And now it's about committed action into living into what's, what is actually true about you today in present, present moment versus six-year-old self. So going back to what I was saying, you know, and it's not to say that it might not pop up again, but now we're having, we have tools to deal with it. Right. So for me, the, I don't belong, that might still pop up. It absolutely does. I know that when I go to networking events, for instance, it's like all these new people, I'm an introvert by nature. And there is that moment of, I don't belong, but now that I've done the work and I'm aware of it, it's like, oh, there's that belief system. I know how to handle this now really with old narrative that I'm different from these people. Well, yes. I am different. And also I have all these things to offer the, con- the conversation, for instance. And then you take the committed action to live into that and into those values. And for me, that would mean walking up to somebody, introducing myself and starting a conversation about what they do, listening very carefully and also offering information about what I do. So it is, it's not just, I'm aware of it. And now I'm just going to sit here with this information. It's what do I want to do with it? And how am I going to, to implement the changes that I want for myself? Yeah. It's those tools that are so important, like having those in your back pocket to, when you can, you need them. Because, and I think a lot of people who are, might be listening, they're like, okay, well, I'm early on in my business, and I need to still work out on like how to use email marketing or how to set up my you know systems or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think that those things are important. But if we aren't in the right mindset and we don't know how to handle those thoughts and feelings that come along we're going to be consistently self-sabotaging and no amount of marketing or sales or strategies or systems in place are going to Mm -hmm. be enough to outweigh the what's going on in our heads. And so I think that that's why what you're doing is so powerful because we have to have the right mindset in order for everything else to be successful in our business. A hundred percent, because yes, the email marketing that absolutely makes sense, right? We need we need to to figure that out, um, but that's surface level, and so we could figure that out. But if we still have the same mindset operating, we're going to come up against another challenge, and we're once again going to feel like, well, now I got to figure this out. Versus if we deal with what's underneath, um, we're able to then and and really what that means is deal with what's underneath, but have a deeper understanding of ourselves. Because now with this deeper understanding of ourselves, whatever challenge it is that we're facing in our business, we get with those tools in place. Yeah. Oh, so good. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. I think it's been incredibly helpful. I think it's given us a lot to think about and so many little nuggets that I, that are going to be one of the things like you put on a sticky note and stick on your mirror and you're like, yes, I need to remember, like, I'm not responsible for making sure everybody else is happy. Um, so tell people where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you. Um, I know you have a podcast, you've got like a free ebook you can share with everybody. Kind of give us all the places that we can learn more about you. 
Sure. So I do have a mini cast. It's about my podcast is only about eight to 10 minute episodes with little nuggets of information. Uh, it's called Rise Up, Live Joy Your Way. But in terms of finding me and contacting me, my website is commonywood.com. And actually, if you hop over to the website, you can download a free ebook on limiting beliefs. It's a 26 page ebook. So hopefully that's helpful for uh, the listeners if they want that. All you need to do is put in your, your name and email address and the PDF is popped over to you. And then on social, I'm on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook with the handle it's authentic me awesome well thank you so much comedy for being here for sharing your wisdom i will have all of those linked down in the show notes for anyone that's listening that wants to go and check all that out and um, i really appreciate your time and thank you so much for coming and we will be in touch soon thank you so much